my weight has it's about 15 pounds more than I was before my second child and no matter how I coach myself to accept it I still can't his whole body he's just he's really uncomfortable with himself and he's really really engorged with rage He's shaming me constantly. And then I'm having to defend myself constantly. And it's absolutely soul crushing. And she keeps getting her heart broken again and again because she thinks maybe now. And nope. It's the same old shit. Keep listening to yourself, man. Like, you you got this. Your inner truth is the truth. I'm Emily Eldridge, and this is Dark Light Truth, where we dive into people's darkness, reclaim their light, and reveal their truth. What you are about to hear is a real person going through an actual session of the drawing out process, my seven-step emotional healing technique in which we draw out, talk with, and fully heal an inner part or parts at the core of a person's struggle. Every session is filled with surprises, epiphanies, twists, and turns. We never know what we will encounter, nor who. Inner critics, crying children, angry walls, gruesome monsters, it all depends on the world that formed within the person in reaction to their life experiences, as well as what their inner wisdom deems is ready to heal once and for all. Join us as we solve inner mysteries, heal inner struggles, discover incredible wisdom, and guide this person back to the wisdom, light, and truth within them so that they can fully live that truth, light up and light up our world. Listen closely because you never know, hearing them heal and light up just might help you heal and light up too. Join me now for my session with a fabulous American woman named Nicole. What you will hear is an edited version of her full three-hour session, which she volunteered to record for this podcast. Let's listen as she describes her struggle with self-acceptance and especially with her own body. There are lots of layers to this issue, including her own history with an eating disorder and the kind of upbringing that she had. Ever since I had my second child, um, my weight has been the exact same. Um, it's been very stable, but it's about 15 pounds more than I was before my second child. And having had a history of an eating disorder um, with a mother who has an active eating disorder, it's really hard. really, really, really hard for me to be in this body. And so I've been really wrestling with like, can I just accept myself? Can I just love myself? 
um, we're living in 2023 where the waste is not the, you know, the ideal. I try to kind of coach myself out of feeling bad about it, but I still, I still really do. But then there's the other piece, which is that I really love to exercise and I haven't had that in my life um, for this whole time that, you know, I've been at this other weight. And so that stuckness, that block where it's like, I, I feel my, I think my defender is like, don't go there. Don't try to lose weight. Don't do that. Because when I did it before, when I was anorexic, it got so out of control. And, you know, we're talking about joining a gym. We're talking about things that are really healthy. You know, I don't, I'm not interested in like a, a severe diet, you know, to try to lose weight. And it's like, you know, can I meet myself with a loving understanding that I'm probably not going to be the same weight that I was before, but there's just something about where I am now that doesn't feel right. Mm, and no matter how I coach myself to accept it, I still can't. So mm -hmm. I feel like that's maybe an area where we could do some healing. When I, when I did the change light course, I drew out is this like, you know, obese character who I think just really doesn't want me to turn out like him. Oh, so mm. would you mind describing? He's really, really huge, like sweaty, really sweaty. His face, his armpits, just like, you know, staining his shirt and just lumpy and um, fists are balled up. And he, like, he's pretty much immobile. Like, he doesn't, I don't think he can leave his house. I don't, I don't think he can get up off the couch. Okay. Like, I think if you were in the same room with him, he would be taking up most of the space in the room and just be really kind of smelly and unwashed. He's really uncomfortable with himself. And he's really, really engorged with rage I think he feels like really really guilty about these choices that he made that he regrets but he just blames everyone else he doesn't have like an ability to make amends or ask for forgiveness so there's a lot of shame you know that he's trying to eat his way through uh, um yes I think he's really scared. He feels like this might be it for his life. And he's going to like die on the couch and his cats are going to eat him, but they can't even eat him because he's so big. <laughs> are there cats around him? Are you actually seeing cats? Yes. There's so oh. many cats. Oh my God. So many cats. It's just like you never would want to go into this. The place oh. where he lives, because it would just smell horrible, like cat pee. And but I think they're his only friends. Like I don't think his family talks to him or his friends. He doesn't have any friends. I I think you know he's pushed everyone away. He because he feels so ashamed of what's happened to him. Oh yeah. I think he feels really isolated. And really lonely. 
So here, Nicole has given us a clear image of her struggles with accepting her body as it is. And she's pointed to a couple of reasons why. For one thing, she actually has a history of an eating disorder. Plus, she has a mother with an active eating disorder. And even though she loves to exercise, she feels this block because she's afraid that if she were to start to go in that direction, that she might fall off that cliff and go back to that extreme approach that she used to have to weight loss. And so during my free 45-minute course that she took in preparation for this session, she drew out this big, hairy, sweaty, gross guy who's covered in cats, and he is suffering from a mix of feelings, rage, guilt, shame. But this guy isn't the only one that Nicole drew. She drew someone else, and this is how we start to hear more about how this guy treats her and how it makes her feel. And as you hear what this guy tells Nicole, consider if you've got any parts inside of you telling you similar things and making you feel the same way about yourself. And then I, I drew what I you know think is me, which is a girl, maybe a third of the height of this character and a sixth of the size of him. She's just crying because she doesn't really understand where he's coming from. She's like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't, you know, I'm so sorry that you feel so uncomfortable in your body, but like, I, I don't know why you are so afraid for me. So he's just so critical of every choice that I make. And, you know, like I, eat vegetables. I eat, you know, greens in my smoothie every morning. I walk. I do Pilates. I'm not a couch potato, you know. Um, I have a healthy routine that has maintained my weight and my fitness level for these years. But that does not satisfy him. He's like, that's not enough. And he's like pointing at the scale. I'm like, clearly it's not enough because your weight isn't budging. And and he's like, I know you don't like it anyway. I know you don't like how you feel right now. Okay. And like, also you're kidding yourself. Like you're lying to yourself. And you're going to look back at this I'm going to whip you into shape and you're going to look back at this period with shame. I've been a fitness professional for 20 years. Like I, I genuinely get a source of well-being. It's fun. I like being in community with other people who are, you know, doing the same thing. Um, it's not a, it's not a competitive thing for me. But I, all of those positives just slip away from me when I'm dominated by this pain that of him possibly being right and then me giving in to him. And then um, there's this possibility that, yeah, I could feel shame. But then it's like, I think I actually do feel shame every single day <laughs> because he's shaming me constantly. And then I'm having to defend myself constantly. And 
it's just like a lose-lose situation and I, and I want to break out of it. It's absolutely soul crushing. It's like, I feel so connected to my inner beauty. I, I feel in some ways connected to my outer beauty. And like, I, I am a light in this world and to have the, this criticism is brutal. It's un, it feels unfair. You know, it feels, um, like it's reducing me to uh, this one thing, this one set of facts that um, mm-hmm. doesn't show the whole of me. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely a part of me that buys into it and agrees. Mm. And the place where I'm, I'm finding a lot of resistance is I'm angry. Like I'm really angry at how much energy he takes up in my in my head. Like it's astounding. And because of that, I feel rebellious and will make choices sometimes that are kind of a flipping him the bird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like fuck you, dude. Yeah. Uh, that may not be the what is actually going to make me feel good or the best, but it's because I'm so sick of him and I definitely don't want him to be right because I don't want him to feel like I'm giving into him because I'm so angry. Yeah. You're at war with this guy. (laughs) Yes. Nicole is indeed at war with this guy inside of her, this vicious, horrible, denigrating, pressuring, undermining inner critic who is demeaning her at every turn and finding fault with everything she's trying to do to make her life better. And so, of course, she has this rebelliousness towards him, like, you know, whatever, dude, fine. I'm going to do whatever I want because no matter what I do, it's never enough. But these parts that we have inside of us, like this guy, they don't just come out of nowhere. They have their own origin stories. They have their own reasons for being. And that's what we're going to find out next. Nicole sees a direct link between this guy inside of her and someone very close to her in her life. There is another piece to it that is connected to my mother who is has a horribly toxic relationship with her body mm. and we are the same height and so my whole life it's been a direct like apples to apples comparison with um even as I say that I realize it's like <laughs> we're two different people how can it be apples to apples but that's the way that I've internalized it that, um, and I recall from her, my entire childhood, teens, adult years, et cetera, always knowing how much she weighed and then feeling like that's how much I should weigh because we're the same height. Um, and my weight now is 30 pounds more than that number. Mm -hmm. And I can say, but my BMI is still in healthy range and all the other things I've already said, Mm -hmm. but that character is like, you fat girl. Uh 
and by the way, I think I've made him a him because it's too scary to make him a her because then it's like too much just my mom. But wow. <laughs> it's like safer. <clears throat> it's safer for me to, to think of him as a him. But I mean, it's definitely my mom's voice that I've internalized. He's the first one to be like, go dye your hair, go get Botox, like these things that I don't want to do because I want to fight against this sort of what I think is very trendy, you know, um, thing about not aging gracefully and not embracing aging. And I want to be a good role model because my mother has done a ton of plastic surgery and facelift and, you know, all these things that just show me that she's so uncomfortable with aging. And I want my daughter to know that, you know, there's, stages and phases of life they're all beautiful and mm-hmm. but for him he's like these are signs of weakness um and so you better just get on top of it just go you know he wants me to have like a mommy makeover plastic surgery which is huge huge surgery it takes so much energy for me to explain to him again and again and again why I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Let's say you did all of it, though. What's it called? The mommy makeover. <laughs> mommy makeover, hair, every, everything, everything, if you did everything. Uh, you think you'd be happy? No. Yeah. And that, in a word, describes, like, my mother because she, like, you know spend so much money on all of these things so much of her energy so much of her time you know pushing away other people prioritizing this you know ideal of perfection and she's still wildly insecure and clearly does not love herself she thinks that I should be doing if she's making these choices and she thinks I should be doing it instead of saying, you know, just love yourself the way that you are, which is kind of what, as a child, you want your parent to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I never felt that way as a kid. I never felt love for who I was. I always felt like I had to do something to earn it. Oh, yeah. That was the root of a lot of why, you know, an eating disorder was sort of my addiction of choice was like, you know, okay, let me just show how good I am at losing weight Mm. and making perfect grades. There were a lot of other things that I couldn't control, but those were, were things that I felt like, okay, you know, I know I can do this. So then I can get her love and attention. She was so, and continues to be so focus on herself and trying to make herself what she thinks is perfect that I and when I was a kid I kind of thought maybe it was but as I've grown up now I think her idea of perfection is is very very sick and like diseased and I would never want that for myself or my daughter 
So we just heard that there is a very clear connection between this guy and the voice and influence of Nicole's own mother. The pressure, the even prescriptive pressure to do certain things to her body to be accepted or acceptable, to fit some kind of standard of skinniness and agelessness. But Nicole clearly doesn't want to do those things because she doesn't want to model that approach for her daughter. She wants to model self-acceptance. So you can hear there's this real fundamental struggle in here between the influences in Nicole's life versus what her truth really wants her to do versus what she truly values for herself and for her daughter. And as you listen to that, you might have noticed some similarities between what Nicole was told or even what was impressed upon her overtly or subliminally and some of the messages that you might have gotten growing up that have led to you having a harder time accepting yourself as you are. So at this point, we have a very clear idea of who this guy is and where he comes from, but we don't yet know his name, so it's time to find out. What's his name? Kevin. Kevin. (laughs) I love it. I confess that was not what I was expecting. (laughs) I know, I know. It's such a funny name. Is Kevin who we need to talk to? I think you need to talk to him, yeah. Is he okay to talk? Okay, cool. All right. I don't think he wants to talk to you, but... (laughs) This happens sometimes that a part really doesn't want to talk to me, but inevitably they always end up spilling the beans. So anyway, I invite Kevin to speak and he grudgingly agrees to speak with me. Nicole is awake and aware through our whole conversation. Uh, What? Oh, hi. So, hi, Kevin. So, you sound pretty exasperated, kind of angry. What's going on? I'm not going to say hi to you. I don't know. I don't even know you. I don't like you. I don't... Mm -mm. Oh, okay. That's okay. I mean, I don't blame you. You don't know me, right? Right. Yeah, you don't know me. So why would you trust me? Why would you care what I have to say? I don't trust anyone, lady. Oh. Everyone else is an asshole. And the only people that I trust are no people, just cats. Interesting. Why do you trust cats? They're not. They just do whatever they're going to do. And they don't. They're not like dogs who are going to lick you and want to love on you and, you know, need a lot of patting on the head. Like, they've got their shit sorted out. They don't need, they don't need anybody. They don't even need me. I have a membership at Costco, and I get their food, and there's a cat door, and they just go in and out, and... Yeah, I buy their food in bulk, but really, they just—they I get it delivered because I can't drive there. Oh, so Kevin, so I'm hearing you don't what you don't leave the house very much. No, I don't. I don't like it when people are looking at me. Oh, well, why would people look at you, Kevin? Ugh. 
Don't you know anything? Because I'm fucking fat. I'm fat, okay? I'm really fucking fat. And people are stupid, and they just look at me. And, you know, it's hard for me to get around. I have to use, like, a scooter thing, you know. I can't walk. So, you know, everyone just looks at me and stares at me, and they don't, they don't talk to me. They don't ask me anything about how I got this way or, you know, how's my day going? Oh. They're just judging me. They're just oh, judging me. Yeah, I hear you. So tell me your story then, Kevin. How did you end up, you know, you mentioned, you know, how you ended up this way and, you know, what's your story? I mean, already I'm just thinking you're judging me because you're asking me how I ended up this way. No, I mean, it's, it wasn't any of it my fault. Oh, okay. Like people, you know, when I was younger, like I did not experience any love or attention in my family and was just the person in my family that was a punching bag and I could never do anything right. Believe me, I tried. Oh yeah, I really tried. I could never do anything right. And my parents were fucking pinheads. They didn't, they must not have even wanted me in the first place. I, I, I can't explain it, why they would have even had me if they were going to treat me like the way they did. Hmm. And to just have these expectations of me that I was going to be this certain way, you know, perfect. Mm-hmm. And I tried and I tried and I tried and nothing I could ever do was ever going to meet their expectations. And so it's really not my fault that I kept food in my room and in my bedside drawer and, you know, in the cabinets in the bathroom is not my fault. Because eating those foods were the only time I ever felt good. It made me feel good to, to eat. It made me feel comforted. But... You know, my parents couldn't be bothered to pay attention to me, to just ever, ever, ever say, you know, we love you, Kevin. We just love you for you. You are just wonderful the way you are. We just support you. And we just, you know, are so glad you're in our lives. You just bring so much joy into our lives. No, no. They were so embroiled in their own pinhead shit that they could never even make time to open the door and maybe notice the fact that their child has food in bed underneath the covers. And that probably wasn't fucking normal. But they never even noticed. It's almost like I'm daring them to notice what I'm doing and I never noticed. I'm just closing the door and fucking, you know, stuffing my face. And I'm supposed to feel bad for being fat? By the way, they're not perfect. So why would they ever expect me to be perfect? It's totally fucked up. Yeah. Like, I can see very clearly how imperfect they were. And yet, the standard at which they held me is like... <sighs> stupid like and I like try to like tell you like you know you need to show up like there's all these kids around there's all this stuff like y'all just keep hiring 
babysitters and hiring these people and having these like nanny people us to try to take care of your children, take care of your own fucking children. Why, why are we having to be farmed out to be taken care of by these other people? Like, why did you have so many kids if you can't even take care of us? Much less actually pay attention or love us. Thanks. Uh, I hate them so much. So Kevin has just described for us a childhood filled with emotional neglect, a sense of abandonment, of being ignored, but at the same time, an extreme expectation of perfection, that his parents expected him to be perfect. And so then he turned to food as his emotional comfort, Obviously, the childhood that Kevin's describing is Nicole's. So Kevin is the one who's carrying the rage, the sadness, the frustration, the exasperation, the futility that Nicole felt as a little girl being in that household. Kevin goes on to describe some additional pressures and expectations that were put on him, that is on Nicole, when he was a child and how that wounded him even further. And by the way, you're going to start to hear some popping, which is kind of annoying. I tried to get rid of that. I have no idea why it's there, but just bear with it. It'll subside soon. They were really unhappy, really unhappy. Hmm. Like the fucked up thing is that there's like to the outside world, like they look so perfect though like we had this like perfect family Uh Mm -hmm. it's so frustrating I just wanted to shout you know like no there's no way I could tell anybody the truth because I felt like I was the only person who saw the truth Mm. disorienting to have your parents say that one thing is true and then you're standing there and being like, that's not the reality that I'm in. And they're like, oh, we love each other and we love you. I'm like, this is love? It feels horrible. And it's like, I feel like an asshole because, you know, I was able to go to, you know, a fancy school and go on fancy trips and go to summer camp, buy things and go to, you know, I, I could do any of those things, but like, so I feel like an asshole for complaining about it. But then it's like, there's a part of me that's just like, I wish I was, you know, part of a poor family that loved each other. And they just smiled and, yeah. and like, you know, got up in the morning and smelled breakfast cooking. And like, you know, my mom like picked me up or, you know, take me things or whatever. Like, I, I just feel like an asshole for thinking that like, life where I had all these privileges and stuff, a sham, but like, that's how it felt in living inside of it. Mm-hmm. That was your reality. It's okay to feel how you feel. It's totally okay, Kevin, for you to feel how you feel. Oh, you might be the first person to have ever said that to me. Hmm. My parents, if there was ever a feeling that I had, they would just say, snap out of it. And they would turn my face to look at the reality that they said existed. Mm. And it's really fucking crazy to feel like you're more mature than your parents. Mm. Like I can't trust them. I can't trust them. 
And then I'm saying, but yeah, but you can't trust yourself because they are the authority. They are the parent. They're the grown up. So they are right. Even though I'm looking at a situation and seeing all these ways they're wrong. It's like, but they're the grown up. They must be right. So you must be wrong. And then I'm in this like constant cycle of having these thoughts and seeing what I think is reality and then telling myself, no, it's not reality. No, 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 no. Your feelings are wrong. Stop crying. No, no, no. You have everything that you could want, even though I didn't have everything I could want. Emotionally. Emotionally, exactly. So I just started hiding everything. Really, really good at hiding. Well, because you weren't safe to show your feelings. Didn't want to constantly be told that, no, that's not really how you feel. That hurts. Yeah. So through Kevin, we're hearing that Nicole was deeply unhappy as a child because of the emotional neglect and the pressures that were put on her by her parents. But at the same time, she was expected to pretend as though everything was just fine so that she could help her parents maintain this facade that they're this perfect family. She wasn't allowed to express her feelings. Her feelings were dismissed. She was gaslit. And she was basically told that she had nothing to complain about because, well, she has everything she wants and she's in this wealthy family. But I can tell you, having worked with a lot of financially privileged people, no amount of money in the world can ever make up for a lack of emotional care. So now that Kevin has had a chance to share a lot from his childhood and the abuse he suffered at the hands of his parents, I ask him how he's feeling and he <laughs> grudgingly tells me that he's, you know, actually starting to trust me a little bit and how he's not really used to talking about himself and he'd rather focus on other people's feelings and fixing their problems for them, which prompts me to ask who he's trying to help. Really, what I'm getting at is I want to hear what he has to say about the little girl in the drawing. So is there anyone in particular you're trying to help or you wish you could help? Uh, yes. Oh. <laughs> Who is it? Oh, this girl and she just is the biggest crybaby of the world. She does not ever stop crying. She's just crying, 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 crying. And it's like I know all the things that she needs to do. And I tell her all the time exactly what to do. And then she acts like I'm the one that's being an asshole by telling her what she needs to do. And it's just, just, just being a pinhead. She tells me that my point of view is not right. And then she doesn't want to do that. But I'm like, yeah, you do, because if you don't, you're fat and alone like me. So why is it that you want her to listen to you? You know, why? Like, like do you care about her? I mean, she's actually a really cute person. She's really sweet and funny, and she's pretty bright. And I just feel like childhood was a lot like mine. I just don't want her to make the same mistakes that I did. Because, you know, there was a certain point where I just 
let myself go. Like I was trying, trying to, you know, fit all these expectations and to do all these things. And then I was secretly, you know, hiding and like, you know, hiding parts of myself. And then eventually I stopped trying to do all the perfect things. And then it just became all hiding. And that's how I ended up here. You asked me in the beginning how did you end up here? That's out. And now I'm alone and really fucking fat. I feel like she could do a better job than me of living up to all these expectations. Like she she could. If she tried, she could actually get there. And I think that she... She, she's resentful of those expectations in the first place. And so she's like, no, those are not my expectations. I don't, I don't own those. Those are not mine. And, but I'm trying to tell her and whether you like it or not, this is it. And you can actually do it. So just fucking do it. Then you will not end up alone. So did you catch that just now? We just heard Kevin's intentions for this little girl. He is pressuring her and criticizing her and trying to get her to change so that she won't end up alone. This is where we hear that this inner critic has good intentions for this little girl that he's attacking and criticizing and trying to control. Which, by the way, if you've taken the Change Light course or listened to some episodes of this podcast, you'll recognize that indeed Kevin is what we call an inner controller, one of the three types of X powers, which are the three types of inner struggles that we all have inside of us. He's trying to control this little girl and get her to change because he thinks that if she'll change, then he and she will get the result that he ultimately wants for her. But as is the case with inner controllers and inner critics like him, just because his intentions are good does not mean that his impacts and results are good. In fact, often they have the exact opposite effect of what that controller really wants for that person. And so you'll hear me gently start to point this out to Kevin, because what I'm trying to do is get him to realize ultimately that, yeah, his intentions are good, but his actions aren't actually working. Rather than helping the little girl, it's actually hurting her. So the way you were treated when you were a kid, you had a lot of pressure put on you, correct? Like to be perfect mm -hmm. and to look and you know, appear a certain way or to get certain grades or whatever. So you had a lot of pressure put on you. Did that feel good for you? Felt like they're trying to make me into something that I'm not. Mm. It's pretty rude to to feel like the part the the me that I was was just not good enough. It was just like really, really rude and hurt. At the same time, it sounds to me like that you're putting a lot of pressure on her you know, and kind of talking to her the way you were spoken to. Would you agree or no? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's understandable because that's all you've known, right? That's how you were treated. Mm-hmm. So how do you think that makes her feel? Well, I know because she's constantly telling me, like, just to love her and appreciate her. If I, if I think she's so great, then why can't I just, you know, 
let her be and let her figure things out on her own. Mm. I don't think she, you know, it's, it hurts me that she doesn't listen to me because I don't think she does appreciate what I'm saying. Mm. So what I'm hearing is that you want to feel appreciated Mm -hmm. for what you're trying to do for her. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess I'm just wondering about, is it working, what you're doing? No. It sounds like making her feel like she's not good enough the way she is. I'm curious about how, how do you want her to feel? I want her to feel loved. Yeah. I want her to feel special and beautiful and smart and appreciated and want her to feel seen and heard. And I want her to feel like she can trust herself. Oh, you want her to trust herself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think could happen if she were to trust herself? When she, like, walks through the world, she's not second-guessing herself and also other people. Because I, I think she's always, like, kind of wondering if the people who say that they love her really do. Like, yeah. her insecurities melt away because she's just, like, trusting, like, okay, like, you know, I'm doing the best I can. And when I screw up and then I'm going to acknowledge and, you know... Say I'm sorry. Try to fix it. Do better next time. It's not gonna like take her down to the studs. Like she's just gonna keep going and just kind of be happy-go-lucky because she's not gonna be carrying around all this like you know heavy burden of like questioning herself all the time and then just being stuck on these like cassettes that just keep playing over and over and over on a loop. Because I think that's like really slowing her down and like making her feel paralyzed. So, like, I feel like if she were to trust herself and the way she would show up in the world is, like, taking up more space. Like, she's been small and small and smaller. And to be honest, like, recently when I tried to talk to her, she's so dang small, I can barely see her literally becoming a pinhead. I don't really think she is a pinhead, so I think she would show up in a way that would be, like, she would just bloom and blossom and become bigger and bigger and take more space and... You know, and then she's doing that. She's probably going to attract in other people that are doing the same thing. And then she's going to be surrounded by people with pinheads, but people who are fully stretched out, blossomed. And then she's going to be happy because she's going to be around other people that are like her. She's actually a really wonderful person. She might have to clip some attachments that she has now in order to do that, like some things that are holding her back and down. Her relationship with her parents is definitely keeping her small. They feel threatened by her when she gets bigger. Part of why she's so held back is because she feels like she just needs to be in relationship with them. So then she allows in dysfunction and toxicity and immaturity to, to cover her up and it just shrinking her down, 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 down. If she could clip that 
then she might actually be able to be who she's really supposed to be in this world and that she wants to be in it. Like every second that she isn't that person and that she doesn't show up that way, it hurts her. But the thought of also not being loved by her parents and not being that person that her parents want to be also hurts her. So she's just like trapped. It's even bigger than that because she wants them to love and accept themselves. Then she could be in a healthy relationship with them, which she wants. But no matter what she does, no matter how many ways she contorts herself, if they don't do that, there's no way that they can ever be in a healthy relationship because it takes two people to be in a health, healthy people to be in a healthy relationship. So even no matter how healthy she is, if they are still dysfunctional, then it can never happen. So she's like, and they're getting older. So like, what does she do? She just wants to change them, but she, she does like, I don't know if she can. And she keeps getting her heart broken again and again, because she thinks maybe now. And nope, no, 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 no. It's the same old shit. And that really hurts her. And I really want to prevent her from feeling like that ever again. So I basically said, either you change yourself completely or you can't be in relationship with them anymore. I don't think she really knows if I'm right. And I don't think she really knows what to do. So, wow, we just heard a lot there. For one thing, we heard that Kevin, who has been trying to change this little girl and tell her that basically she's not good enough and she needs to change who she is and how she is, that really ultimately he wants her to trust herself. He wants her to live her truth. But at the same time, there's this deep existential struggle that this little girl, a.k.a. Nicole, has when it comes to living her truth, but also wanting to be in connection with her own parents. But the fact that her parents are, to use her word, dysfunctional and toxic, that it's really hard to be in a healthy relationship with her own parents, while at the same time trying to be healthy herself. And so there's just so much angst and difficulty in this. And as you hear about Nicole's struggles, you might identify with those. Maybe you've had some issues with that with your own parents. How can you fully, wholly be yourself and trust your truth and live your truth while at the same time being in connection with people who may or may not be supportive of your truth or may or may not be healthy for you to be around. So Nicole's clearly in this bind. And as much as I wish that I could fix this or solve this for her in this moment, that's not really my job. My job is to heal the conflict that Nicole carries within, in this case, between this big hairy fat guy and the little girl that he's attacking and controlling, no matter how good his intentions are. Because by helping these two parts of her heal not be at war with each other and in service to Nicole, that's how we can help 
Nicole feel more clear, whole, empowered, so that she can navigate the choppy waters of that relationship in a way that is most empowering and healthy for her. So what I'm hearing, and you may have heard it too, is there's this chain of people trying to change each other. So next you're going to hear me start to point that out to Kevin and ultimately the futility of doing so. So it's interesting because I'm hearing that you're trying to change her and she's trying to change them. And ain't nobody happy. <laughs> Including me, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like everybody wants to, everyone's got all this advice for here's mm -hmm. how, if you just do this, we'll just make mm -hmm. you happy. But then it's this, this like chain of people trying to get other people to do things to make them happy. And meanwhile, nobody's happy. <laughs> what I'm hearing is it's not really working. Do you want to keep doing this job forever? Mm. I think the thought of her being self-sufficient makes me feel like maybe then I might be able to have my own life finally. Maybe it actually isn't helping me to be focusing on her and maybe I need to focus on myself. So, yeah, I mean, I think it takes up a lot of my, my time and it also is like really aggravating. So I just end up being in this constant state of agitation that I don't want to be in anymore. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to talk about or anything you want to say to the girl? Just curious. Anything comes to mind? Mm, I guess I'm realizing that I've kind of been putting a lot of pressure on you to change, and I'm realizing that that's what my parents did to me, and it made me feel like I wasn't okay as I was. And I guess I just want you to know that it's actually not how I feel. I, I feel that you are great and I just was trying to help you and to see that you're great because you are and it's kind of not easy for me to say this, but I am sorry for bullying you and not hearing you when you told me that you just wanted to make your own way. If you want to try doing certain things to make yourself feel better about yourself, but you don't want to go like as dramatically as I've been encouraging you to do, I want you to feel like you can do that. Because the more that you start to listen to your own impulses, then you're going to build trust within yourself. Because when you listen to an impulse and you honor it and you acknowledge it, it's going to feel really good. So I just kind of maybe dare you to start doing that more. That was great. Good job. Wow. I told you you had a lot of wisdom to share. You're amazing. 
I did not know it. How did that feel? <laughs> um, I feel like I was talking to myself, kind of, like what I would want to hear. Oh, nice. So are you willing to take your own advice there? Oh, wow. Um, I don't think what I've been doing has been working for me. And actually, like, the people at Costco are really nice. And it's nice to see other people. So I think if I, you know, there are things that I could do differently that I could feel good about, I think. I just love Kevin. The people of Costco actually are really nice. <laughs> like, he's so cute and he's so sweet and he has such amazing wisdom to give Nicole. It's just lovely. Did you notice that, by the way, during our conversation? There were those changes in his tone of voice whenever I would ask, like, what does he like about the little girl or how does he want her to feel? Kevin's really such a sweetheart and it's so nice to hear him. And also, did you notice that in the very beginning of our session, Nicole said that this guy was not capable of apologizing and yet what did we just hear him do? Mm-hmm. So now that we've learned a lot about Kevin and we've heard his backstory and how he feels and he's had a chance to impart some of his wisdom to the little girl, that is Nicole, it's time to go back to talking to Nicole and uh, hear how she feels and what she got from that conversation. <laughs> well. <laughs> so, what about that whole conversation with Kevin stood out for you? God, I mean, so many things. I, um, I just feel like I understand him so much more and it was kind of full of a lot of hot air, actually. Uh-huh. It was like it was just majorly uh-huh. bloated. Um, <laughs> it's bloated. Like, like inflated with a, you know, balloon pump. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of pieces about his childhood and how he felt and resentments and um, that I don't think I was really in touch with before that felt like he was just angry at me, you know, just like so frustrated with me. But then when I was listening, it was like, Oh, he's, he's holding on to some really old stuff. And there was like a distinct, like, these are all the things that he's angry about from his childhood and how he was raised and his parents that really don't have anything to do with me, but he's projecting all of this stuff onto me because he's in pain, which I can relate to. I, I can, we can totally relate to that and detaching from the needing of the parents' approval and fitting into that mold. Um, I mean, which I still am very intimidated by, that it feels like that that's really the only way forward to um, fully embracing 
my own M powers and turning those X powers, you know, back into M powers. It's like the only way is to embrace my truth. Just want to insert here that remember Nicole took my free Change Light System course. She's referring to M powers and X powers, which are parts of the self that I talk about that I've discovered actually. Your X powers are basically a word that I use for inner struggles, and there are three types. And M powers is the word I use for your inner strengths. And that really this is all about transforming your X powers back to M powers so that you can fully and wholly follow your guiding star and live your truth. So if you're interested in learning more about that, go ahead and take my free course, community.changelight.world. Anyway, let's continue and hear what Kevin looks like now. Well, so you mentioned that he's changed. Do you want to draw him again as he appears to Sure. Okay. Got him. Oh, what you got there? Yeah, he's a normal sized person. <laughs> okay. He's normal. He's just whatever that means. Right, right, right. And he's smiling with teeth. Oh. Okay. And he's got little rosy cheeks and funny little hairstyle like kind of like a little Dennis the Menace little sticking out <laughs> little really? sprout of hair. How old is he? I think he's like 16 maybe. And he's walking outside. Uh-huh. He's in motion. He's got one hand waving and the other hand kind of in his pocket. Like I'm here. I'm, I'm friendly, but also like I've, the other part of me is focused on myself. Like oh, I'm Oh, interesting. And his ears are kind of abnormally large. Like he's definitely a listener. You kind of wonder, like, you know, was he ever obese and really alone? Or did he just think that he was? I just want to check on the, in terms of the little girl that was in the original image. Yeah. I just want to make sure, is that you? Is the little girl still around? Like, what's going on? Um, yeah, I think that is me. And I think that she also is not really a little girl. That's how I felt. That's how he felt about me, is that, you know, he's wanting to protect me like almost like an older brother but yeah it's like if if he kind of shrank down and reduced to, to to a normal size she also grew to a normal size she's not just crying all the time and she's not just sort of one-dimensional like she's a woman with yeah. all the feelings and who can take up space you know in the world 
Hearing that both Kevin and the little girl have sort of normalized in size, that Kevin has grown smaller, less bloated, less filled with hot air, and the little girl has now grown up, this tells me that they're more balanced with one another. And so then we're ready to go on to the next step in which Nicole gets to thank Kevin for what he's been trying to do. So I guide Nicole through a short script that she says to Kevin, and let's hear how he responded. How did he respond to that? He's smiling. Good. So he appreciates being appreciated? <laughs> yes. Now that Kevin had a great response to being thanked, as we knew he would because he said he just wanted to be appreciated, we can take him through the next step in which Nicole explains to him that it's okay he doesn't have to feel that way or behave that way or think that way anymore. He can let it go. Let's hear how he responded to that. I think he's relieved. I think he's ready to focus on himself and he he does want me to trust myself and he there's not really room for him in my relationship with myself. Okay. If it's about me trusting myself, then it's I need to be able to be relating and having conversations with myself, not with him constantly. And I think he wants that for himself too. Like he wants to be rooting for me. He wants to be a cheerleader, but he's not on the team. He's not on the court. He's in the stands watching, and he's a fan. He's not calling out to me what, how to hit the ball, or he's just there when I, whether I win or lose to encourage me and show support. Yay, I love it. <laughs> me too. There are so many things I love about what Nicole just said. For one thing, when she says, if this is about me trusting myself, that I need to not be relating to him, but having conversations with myself. A hundred percent. And remember at the very beginning, she described how so much of her energy was taken up in this war with him. But now she can connect more completely with herself. I also really love the way she described that, you know, she's playing tennis. He's on the sidelines. He's not telling her what to do. He is not trying to control her. So that means he's no longer a controller. He's no longer that X power. He can now be a supportive M power, supporting her while she's there playing the game of her life if you will. This is one of the big reasons why I talk about how the drawing out process can transform inner critics into inner cheerleaders, because that's exactly what just happened here. But we aren't yet done with Kevin's transformation because I want to make sure that he is fully on board with supporting her in living her truth. So I ask her a couple of key questions to help her articulate what her vision is for herself so that Kevin can figure out how he could possibly fit into that. I want to feel, yeah, like intact, complete, um, you know, unattached, 
independent, capable, self-disciplined, self, self-disciplined, mm-hmm. trusting my, you know, the guide inside of me that's like, you, you know, you know, through lots and lots and lots of experience that when you show up, be present and don't have to be in charge, that it just feels good to be in a group of people that's doing something healthy. Let's see if Kevin, what he thinks in terms of how he can support you in feeling all the ways that you want to feel. Like, what could he say? What could he do that would be like, oh yeah, this would feel, I'd really appreciate it if someone would tell me this. You have been telling me for a year that you want to go to this gym because you love exercising and look at you. You're going. You're choosing to be in community and so you're going to make friends and you're going to smile at people and that's going to feel good to you because you're an extrovert and you know it's it's not the end justifying the means here it's the means that we're focusing on which is you showing up listening to an impulse that you had to get involved in the gym community and go to group fitness because you love group fitness and you're doing it and that is awesome awesome how did Kevin react to hearing that? Like that, that how, if he were to say that to you? It's totally organic. Like he's like, he's down with that? Yeah. He's like, this feels natural. This feels like, he's like, I've heard these arguments a million times and I just wasn't listening before. So now, now that I've listened, it makes total sense. Ah, <laughs> that's awesome. Good. So I'm going to ask him real quick, Kevin, you feel like you can do this for Nicole? I can do it for her. I can do it for me. It is the way to go. Yay! Woohoo! Woohoo! Awesome! Good! She's got everything she needs. I mean, the girl is... She's amazing. She is amazing. She knows. She knows what's what. Now I'm getting out of her face. You know, just keep listening to yourself, man. Like you, you've got this. You don't, you don't need to listen to anybody else. Not your parents, nobody. You you just, just, you know, your, your inner truth is the truth. So just keep, keep listening. And I will respect that. I promise you. I promise, promise, promise. I respect that. Peace out. Peace out. Okay. Yes, 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 this is what we want for all parts of us, that rather than working against us living our truth, they're working for us. And I love what Kevin says here, where he's like, you know what, this all just makes perfect sense. She's been telling me this, but I just wasn't listening before. Now he's listening to her and he's there to support her in living her truth. So now she can feel even more clear and whole and empowered, ideally in her relationship with her parents, but also in life overall. That's what this is all about. At this point, I invite Nicole to do a final drawing that represents the relationship she now has with Kevin. And here's what she drew. What you got there? We are hugging and I drew our hearts and there are some hearts coming up through the middle of our hug. 
and just kind of like energy's moving, like there's swirling energy around the whole oh. embrace. It's just like there's energy moving and releasing and it's moving upward and outward and lifting us up. Oh, nice. Thank you so much. It was really um, profound. You're amazing. Kevin's right. You are amazing. <laughs> Beautiful woman. Thank you as so you much. are. Thank you so much. And I love you as you are. Oh, I love you as you are. A few weeks after our session, I caught up with Nicole to find out how she was feeling and what she'd noticed. She said, I really love, love, loved the session that we did. It felt so good. She said before the session, that voice inside me was more two-dimensional. It was so confused about whose voice it was and what it really wanted from and for me and why it was just so voluminous in my ears. It was so intense. But she said that since our session, it feels exponentially less intense. She also took the drawings from our session to her therapist so that they could talk about some of the things that we discussed and work through some of the issues that remain when it comes to her parents. Speaking of which, she said, you know, I think the tie-in with my mom is really hard for me to take on a conscious level. She said, I don't think I wanted to look at that stuff. But I've really been thinking about how much I put in a drawer, the hurt, pain, anger, frustration, fear, shame, guilt, and resentment so that I can have somewhat of a functioning relationship with my mother. But as she said, it doesn't really work. She said, I've been unpacking that drawer in therapy, as she said, undoing its hinges and emptying it out because I want to look at that stuff and listen and see it and deal with it. She said it's very frustrating because in her relationship with her parents, it feels like she's the parent and they're the children. And that any time she shows up as herself, she feels like her mom's fangs and nails pop out and that she's terrified of who Nicole is. Even though, as Nicole said, I am a beautiful, wise, patient, gentle, kind, loving, and spiritual woman. So it's hurtful. But she said, I have to let them make their own decisions and be okay with however that shakes out for them. But it's really, really hard. She said, I want to realign them so they're on a better path because they hurt me so badly, but it's not my job. So at the end of our call, Nicole asked me what I recommended for her going forward. And I said, I really think you should keep drawing out. Keep drawing out how you're feeling, those parts of you that are struggling in this relationship with your parents, that are blocking you from fully owning your truth in your interactions with them, and that are reacting to their reactions towards you. And that's when she made what I thought was kind of a cute observation. The parallel between drawing out and the word drawer, like that inner drawer inside of her that's been carrying all of the resentment, the pain, the fear, the frustration, the anger, the guilt, etc. And so she made the joke, oh, draw out the drawer. Be a drawer. Empty the drawer. 
So that's what she's been doing. And it's a process. If you have a problematic relationship with your parents, I hope that you're really patient and gentle with yourself when it comes to that issue in your life, when it comes to every issue in your life, and know that your truth is guiding you. It has the answers, it has the wisdom, and even parts of you in that drawer, the parts of you carrying that pain or those defense mechanisms, just as Kevin was, those parts have wisdom for you too. So as you pull them out of that drawer and you look at them and you draw them out and you hear them and you heal them, listen for their wisdom because they can guide you towards the wholeness and peace and empowerment and self-love that you seek. You can see the drawings from this session at darklighttruth.com. If you enjoy Dark Light Truth, please give us a review and share about us on social media. We would love the support and it helps us have a bigger impact. If you want to learn how to draw out your own inner struggles, take our free 45-minute course at community.changelight.world. If you're interested in private sessions of the drawing out process with me, go to changelight.world forward slash coaching. If you'd like to receive training in the drawing out process, please contact me directly at emily at changelight.world. The drawing out process is not therapy, and I am not a licensed therapist. I developed this work myself, and I am its exclusive owner and guide. Whether you are a seeker or practitioner, please respect that this is my proprietary work, and it must be properly led in order for it to be fully effective. Do not try to do this process on your own. Thanks. dog snoring <laughs> just, I'm just thinking I hope Nicole can't hear this because Hermione is a very loud breather <laughs> <laughs>